Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie and this is Sushi. So, Sushi, you've been busy these past few weeks. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to? Oh yes, I was working on some sustainable products with my friend Namrata and we launched mm. our products at a fair here in Bangalore. It was quite exciting and also wonderful to see all the green gurus and supporters. That's lovely. I wish I could have made it. I did love all the products you guys worked on. Uh, what was Thank the experience you. like? The experience of meeting people and talking to them was really encouraging, but also the whole process of creating products, choosing the right materials was quite close to my heart as I believe strongly in thinking sustainably about how we approach products and what we put out into the world. That's great. Um you know my first serious consideration of this whole idea of sustainable living was when i saw the story of stuff videos um story of stuff for those of you who don't know is a series of very simple uh, explanatory animations that help you kind of zoom in and then zoom out and see where all the stuff we throw away actually ends up yeah those are quite nicely done i think mm-hmm. my initial exposure to the idea of sustainability was when i was in middle school but my awareness was pretty much limited to not throwing plastic bottles on the beach or the olive ridley turtles would die <laughs> well i'm a bit older so for me in school we were exposed to the idea of our climate changing but it wasn't really of immediate concern or something that would disturb life as we knew it uh, but things have definitely changed in the past few years you cannot miss at least some form of sustainability information coming to you from various angles unless you've been living under a rock <laughs> yeah that's true though looking at it from a consumer's perspective because it has so many layers to it social ecological cultural economic it can mean so many different things right yeah i mean between veganism saving the tiger and as <laughs> breaking up with plastic segregating your trash uh or buying handloom khadi and so much more navigating this whole idea of sustainability can be quite overwhelming i do agree that the consumer's response could fall anywhere in the broad spectrum from who cares to what difference do my actions make or uh, i should champion every cause and factoring in aspects like cost convenience and of course the most important one which is motivation yeah awareness can help to a certain extent but I think not the doom and gloom variety of awareness yeah. because that would just cause people to step back and say whoa this is way too much work. A uh, story of stuff is definitely educative but for the skeptics it's nice to have a bit of humor. One of my favorites is the comic series Green Humor by Rohan Chakravarty. Mm-hmm. It's focused mostly on wildlife and the impact of humans on biodiversity but it's so funny that you can't help but relate to what he's saying. I also feel it's good to create awareness at a young age and hmm. uh, not just through textbooks as a subject in schools there are some schools that have organic farming and rainwater harvesting as part of their curriculum which i think is a great introduction yes and there are education companies that are not necessarily schools which conduct events or create products to help children understand what their role in all this can be uh, upcyclers lab whose product i worked on is one such company They are based in Mumbai and they have activity boxes and games that teach sustainability. 
the activities and the packaging themselves are made entirely from discarded materials such as bottle caps and dried up pen refills which you wouldn't think of reusing otherwise and that's such a fun way to teach kids about sustainability for adults i think events like the maleshwaram parisara where you launched your products mm-hmm. uh, can be great places for adults to go to and have a good time but also get some practical ideas and tools on how to live more sustainably yes sometimes we tend to think that because we hear all these sustainability terms and concepts in a design community mm-hmm. it's something that everyone is already aware of but there is still so much to be done in terms of actually bringing change through our actions as consumers as producers and as designers yeah definitely i think the responsibilities lie across the board and probably more on some than the other you were talking about cost and convenience earlier uh, do you think sustainability seems to require greater effort and make things more expensive um I, yeah i do think it's a hard truth that we must face and uh, because of the non sustainable life being more accessible convenient and even inexpensive sustainable choices become kind of a novelty and hmm. niche and uh, are in turn expensive and require a mindset and a lifestyle shift which might not have been the case uh, maybe 20 years ago hmm with respect to things like waste management uh, there are policies that can ensure compliance to some extent like in the city of bangalore waste isn't collected if it isn't segregated and of hmm. course citizens hate these policies because it's an additional hmm. effort for them well what do you think we can do as designers to make these kind of lifestyle shifts easier I think the most obvious one for me is to be involved in creating sustainable products that can address everyday problems. With regard to waste management since you brought it up, there are companies like Daily Dump uh, which are really changing the way people view their kitchen waste. It seems like a simple solution but they've successfully introduced the concept of balcony composting to the urban gardener. Yes, it's been quite encouraging to see a lot of people try their hand at this, including yeah. myself. Another homegrown solution I really liked was Bakey's edible cutlery. Although the price is a bit high at the moment, I'm really looking forward to eating pani puri in a ragi bowl sometime soon. <laughs> Those are some great examples. Uh, I think a good understanding of the system we're operating in can uh, help our choices as designers. For example, buying locally encourages local businesses as well as reduces carbon footprint. Uh, even creating products uh, so that they can be locally produced is one way to make a sustainable choice as a designer. I think also designers can ask questions like how might we design better packaging or take it deeper and think about how to design the product uh, such that it doesn't require packaging. Mm-hmm. I recently yeah. bought a box of totally biodegradable ear cleaning buds. I was all excited because you know zero waste ear cleaning <laughs> when i came home and opened the box i was shocked to see that each earbud was individually packed oh. in a plastic package i don't know for what joy <laughs> oh man so sometimes we sold the idea of a sustainable solution rather than an actually sustainable solution yeah. Uh, like we saw recently with the example of compostable paper straws wrapped individually in plastic yeah it almost <laughs> seems like the sustainable solution was used as a branding activity but mm-hmm. not thought deeper about there are a whole lot of why questions that need to be asked rather than just greenwashing their existing products and hoping the consequences would go away 
I love that term greenwashing. Uh, what are the ways you've seen companies do this, uh, Sushi? There are countless examples around us. You see products labeled eco-friendly, like a plastic pen which yeah. has a bamboo cap, <laughs> or a cleaning product which has one herbal ingredient, uh, yeah, often yeah. nimbu. <laughs> I think the most ridiculous example is garbage bags. Almost all the brands say eco-friendly, probably just because it's thinner than the average plastic bag, or because. just because it helps you take out the trash i'm not yeah. sure which <laughs> it can be so misleading for the average uh, consumer right uh, i think this is where the fundamental why of a company uh, can really get shaken uh, when it comes to sustainability uh, mm. take for instance the culture of takeaway coffee this is not something we're used to in india uh, we have uh, a culture of coffee houses and tea houses and having a chai means sitting down or standing up and drinking from a steel glass or ceramic cup so for a business that runs on the idea of takeaway coffee it would need a very fundamental change in their business to implement uh, a sustainable solution that also agrees with the culture that it uh, that it is in yeah and also speaking of motivation apart from the branding aspect of being viewed as an environmentally mm. conscious brand it's possible that there's more money to be made from unsustainable choices made yeah. by businesses Yeah there are also cases where the unsustainable choices are marketed as the more hygienic uh, option like mm-hmm. for example there are gynecologists who would swear by uh, sanitary pads and discourage the usage of menstrual cups or cloth pads and uh, certainly the sanitary pad companies have something to gain from these deeply held beliefs sadly that's true but there are actually multiple innovations happening in the area of sustainable menstruation Uh, in India, hmm. Ecofem has introduced a totally functional redesign of the age-old cloth pad. In fact, there are quite a few startups that are producing biodegradable pads with uh, self-help groups, also providing a sustainable means of employment. Yeah, such models are a win for conscious customers as well as a boost for local producers. Uh, but in an aspirational culture like ours. where being able to afford foreign brands and not having to be accountable for our unsustainable actions uh, that is the idea of affluence right hmm. tackling this mindset is a very important part of the value that design can bring hmm. i like how handloom cotton and ahimsa silk are very sustainable choices for those who love the finer things in life <laughs> we tend to think that sustainable choices are always a sacrifice but there is this concept of hedonistic sustainability that proposes that sustainability doesn't always have to be the harder more sacrificial choice hmm. the solution and its byproducts can often be quite delightful yeah i really like elegant design solutions that are able to address multiple problems simultaneously uh, for example didn't you use a uh, tetra board material for your products which is made from tetra pack uh, material Hmm, uh, yeah. I thought that's a great way to reuse tetra pack, you know, it's one of those materials that's so hard to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Um we were also talking about air ink which is a way to arrest air pollution and turn it into inks. That was interesting. Yes, air ink is such a badass solution. <laughs> it's also good to know that this awareness is spreading to the fashion industry and mm. even Indian clothing boutiques. such as the summer house are making swimwear out of plastic fished from our oceans hmm the truth is the intentions are really good and these are great solutions 
but i feel like they are symptom driven and though they do address problems there's a lot of room to look at problems at the systemic level hmm. and to see what the root causes are uh, which can help in the long run yeah i see what you're saying like tetraboard wouldn't need to exist if there weren't tetra packs in the first place but there must be i'm sure good reasons to use tetra packs though the environment might not be uh, factored in as one of the reasons Yeah uh, the existence of these symptom driven solutions should not take away the onus from the original producer. Uh now I get why they call it an inconvenient yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah. Some well-intended solutions even fail when placed in the system because they weren't designed with the system in mind. One example I can think of is biodegradable plastic bags which just started gaining popularity. but the consumer was not educated on how to dispose it and waste collectors were not told what to do with it would it go with the dry waste or with the wet waste would it be melted with the other plastic or would it be put in the compost there was so much confusion and contamination that the government is now planning to ban them mm. even in the case of uh, unpacked stores and traditional kirana shops that are gaining popularity there need to be sustainable takeaway solutions in place yeah Wow Sushi I like how you've thought deeply on these things um I have to ask I'm an interaction designer my main material is the pixel and of course paper and pens sometimes uh, what do you think we in the tech industry can do about sustainability uh, both as consumers and designers uh, maybe even producers Well the answer to your question lies in the tangled web of wires that are no longer in use <laughs> which i guess every household has uh, along with old smartphones and keyboards and all this stems from the idea that we need to constantly be upgrading all our devices and tossing out the obsolete ones <laughs> who can escape the great curse of planned obsolescence <laughs> on the bright side i've heard about uh, indian smartphone companies that are able to reduce costs by Uh, using material found in e-waste rather than virgin material. Yes, that's a great example of urban mining, where the waste generated from cities goes back into the economy. From a software perspective, I can think of a few things off of the top of my head. Like while designing a digital product, uh, this sounds a bit far-fetched, but bear with me. <laughs> you could use contrasting colors that would enable users to reduce the screen brightness. which would in turn reduce power consumption what do you think wow uh, i actually like that because we rarely ever think of these factors of our work as uh, digital product designers so that's an eye opening suggestion to me also you probably do this anyway but i think it's absolutely necessary to design for backward compatibility of devices whenever possible in fact i think there is a ton of things that can be done in the tech realm if you actually start thinking about it So we've covered a whole lot of uh, topics and stakeholders and work that's done and that's yet to be done. Mm. Uh, but it has been really encouraging to do the research for this episode and actually find so many Indian companies that are sustainably driven. Yes, I guess the repercussions of not being sustainably driven have been catching up with us quite rapidly over the past decade, with natural disasters occurring more frequently in unexpected places. That's true. Um as human beings we tend to care and uh, start making changes only when the stakes are high or when it hits closer home. Uh like health can be a powerful motivation for example. And what's good for the earth is also good for us. Absolutely. Hey listeners, 
Which of these truths did you find most inconvenient? What are some of the elegant solutions to this wicked problem that you've seen in India? And what steps do you take to make your work and your life more sustainable? Tweet to us at Design Lota and tell us about it. You can find the transcript and all the references to this episode on our blog, which is designlota.com. We've also included a list of Indian companies that are sustainably driven. Join us next time for more stories from Indian designers. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.